So we're in this sermon series, and I want you to, I want you to take notes, and I'm going to sit down. Because I, uh, I, I want us to just talk for a minute, because pe- people are getting lost in the noise. And Ambassadors Worship Center cannot afford to get lost in the noise. So God said to me in the last three weeks, he says, um, I want to talk to you. And I'm like, okay, I'm listening. He says, no, I really want to talk to you, so stop eating. Stop watching that. Don't do anything anywhere. I don't want you to do anything. I want to talk to you. And on that third day of fasting, he showed me some worlds that were opening up. And I don't want to get too weird. And he said, I want you to be a part of this. And I said to God, I I don't really understand those worlds. I thought my job was to train your people to go into the worlds. And he said, yes, you're one of them. You're one of my peoples. So I asked God an important question. Why are you asking me to get involved in this? And I'll be able to tell you in a couple weeks. He says, because you don't always know what to do. But you know my concept. You may not understand what to do, but you know what I want. Are y'all listening? Knowing the concepts of God will be the difference in your elevation in the next few weeks and months and years. If you don't understand his concepts, if you don't understand his concepts, you will be left behind. So I asked God, uh, can you further elaborate why me. He says, yes, because you don't think you're smart. I don't. So I love to listen. And I like to hear what he's saying. And I like to do what he's saying. And most of all, I spent time with the right people trying to figure out what's the big idea God. Top of your page top of your page right there in your notes. Top of your page. Birthing a nation, the big idea. The big idea. We've got to begin to wrap our heads around the big idea because I'm telling you right now, systems are shifting. Right now, and this is not a fear message. I fear nothing or no one. I also hate no one. I won't do it. I won't hate. I'm not going to pray against anybody. You're not going to catch me saying stuff. I'm not going there. Not for you, not for anyone, because that's the wrong concept. You know, you can't even win a boxing match mad at your opponent. You can't win when you're upset. You can't win when you're in hatred, and you can't win when you're fearful. And we are more than Christians. We are Christ-like, but we are called kingdom citizens. And there are some things right now that you, your wife, your children, people close to you may be confused. They may not know what they're doing. They may not know if they want to commit to you, to the world. They may not even know if they want to go back to work. They may be trying to figure out what's going on in the world. Listen, you can't get stuck there right now. Y'all with me, right? Watch this now. And this is not my stuff. This is the stuff of the late Dr. Miles Monroe. Some of it's mine because I wrestle with what he said. I ask the right questions because I don't understand. And when I don't understand, I ask questions. But I got it now, baby. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Some stuff is going to fall in my lap I don't deserve. Let me. Some stuff's getting ready to fall in your lap you don't deserve. 
You're going to end up sitting on thrones like Esther when just a year ago you were living in the dirt. You're going to end up in Joseph's place on the throne with the king, and you're not going to even understand how you got from Joseph's tents in the desert to the throne room of the king. You're not going to be able to figure out how you were in the dirt like Samson, a little peewee, little bitty nothing, and the next day you're taking gates off the wall and taking them up on the mountain and putting them in place. You're not going to understand how you were just Shama yesterday, and all you had was a, oh God, all you had was a field of beans. All you had was beans. But today you're ruling millions of acres. God is lifting up his people and he's looking for someone. Shout with me, but I got to have the right concept. I got to have the right concept. I can't be messing around. I can't, I can't get stuck in people's words. I can't get led by old people. I can't let Socrates and all these other people lead me. I got to throw away those old books, those old ideas that are resurfacing right now. I got to keep my mind focused. It ain't about the mask. It ain't about the vaccine. It ain't about coronavirus. It ain't about Russia. It ain't about China. It ain't about none of that. It's about the kingdom. It's always been about the kingdom. It will always be about the kingdom. And the longer I miss my focus, my wife was praying for me during sabbatical. And she said, God, I don't know what kind of woman you got. Okay, wait a minute. I don't know what kind of woman you got. But if you ain't got a woman and you need a woman, ask God to give you one. Get a woman that will come and jump on your chest and say, you're a man of God. You're not just a man of God. You're my man of God. And we ain't going nowhere till you tell us where we're going. Somebody say concepts. There's nothing more important, nothing more powerful than an idea. Walk with me quick. An idea in a man or woman's head, there's nothing more important than that. That's the foundation for all life. An idea. When that idea is manifested, that means that something has changed in the world, universe, system, whatever you want to call it, that the creator made, God, Elohim, the God who makes all things and makes them fit together. Walk with me. That idea is a thought or a suggestion of a possibility that's coming. That's all it is. It's an idea. Now watch this now. But this idea now becomes conceived in your thought process. It's not just a blip on your radar now. It becomes a part of your contemplation. The moment the idea comes across your mind, uh, wow, I'd love to be married. That idea now becomes part of your contemplation, becomes part of your life. Wow, an idea becomes, I just want to be a millionaire. Not that you love money. Something, an idea pops into your head. As soon as that idea becomes uh, into your head, it becomes contemplation. It becomes something you think about. It now becomes part of you. I'm going to open a school. I'm going to do this. This is what I see. I saw my daughter in law school. I saw it. I saw it. Now this idea in your head, it's part of your contemplation. We might call it prayer and meditation. You start thinking about it all the time. You still with me? Now, when that thought is conceived, it becomes a precept. This is the process of how God made you because this is how he works. He works by precepts. He works by precepts. I'm getting there. Y'all still with me? So that precept becomes an original idea. Once a precept is received... It becomes concepts. Concepts are stronger than precepts because it's something that we can now have a conversation around. If you and your family are talking about getting a dog, you don't just say we're getting a dog and go get a dog. I don't think. You have a conversation around the concept of a dog. 
Y'all not here. What kind of things are in this conversation? Uh, what kind of dog? Does it shed? How big is it? Is it an indoor, outdoor dog? Who is going to? See, these are concepts. If you talk about the dog on Monday morning and by Monday afternoon you've gone to the shelter and now you have one, you're probably going to have issues in your concepts because you've not been able to have conversations about the dog. Christians around the world are having issues with the concept of what church is. What it's supposed to be doing. Who feeds it? What kind of dog is it? Is it a retriever? Someone asked me, and don't get mad at me now, I'm just telling you. Someone was asking me because somebody in, somebody in our house wants a dog, had a dog. So we have concept conversations about a dog. I say, I do not want a dog without a nose. Stick with me. I don't want a dog without a snout. Why don't you want a dog without a snout? Because if a dog doesn't have a snout, it can't breathe. You can't walk it. It walks you. You got to carry it everywhere it goes. It gets sinus infections. It's sick all the time. So I don't want to work for the dog. I want the dog to work for me. Some people are interested in a church that doesn't know what's coming next. It can't smell, can't sense, and now we're carrying a church in which is supposed to be carrying the world. And now the church is running behind people who don't even know who God is. And waiting for the dog to walk us. I don't want that kind of dog. That's work. That's not a pet. That's a child. So we have to get ourselves in this place where we can have conversations about concepts. Y'all still here? Watch this now. God chose a concept. Stick with me. He chose a concept before he made the earth. And his concept is king. His concept is king of kings. His concept is lord of lords. His concept is father over all kings. No servants. His original concepts have no servants in it, has no subjugation in it. It is a people, his children, ruling as a nation on the earth, a true one nation under God, indivisible, <laughs> with liberty and justice for all. Those are his words. Am I making sense at all? I think I am. So watch this. Watch what Moses says. Let's, let's go to Exodus 33. Say concepts. Before you marry that girl, you better both agree on what the concept is. What's the concept? What are we working on? What is this thing? Let's read this. Let's find out what Moses wanted. Then Moses said to the Lord, see, you have said to me, bring up this people, but you have not let me know. Watch him now. Read it. You've not let me know whom you will send with me. Yet you have said, I know you by name. You have also found grace in my sight. Now, therefore, I pray, if I have found grace in your sight, what does he want to know? 
I want to know your way. Show me your way that I may know you and that I may find grace. See, this is, an, this is a conversation. If I was in Mississippi and I was, we were having, I was watching two people have this conversation in Mississippi, this is how it would go. You said you love me and that you, you call me. That's what you just said. Did you just say that? In Mississippi, we ask so we know whether you really said it. Is that what you just said? Huh? And God says, that's what I said. Moses goes back the second time and says, no, 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 hold on now. You said you love me, you know me. Now you done said, did I get it right? You know my name. You know when I was born. You gave me life. You know me intimately. Is that what you said? Is that what you're saying, God? Moses said, God said, boy, yeah, that's what I'm telling you. So Moses said, then, why ain't you never told me why you do stuff? I don't want to know what you're doing. I want to know why you're doing it. I want to know your ways. I don't want to know necessarily how to change. I don't necessarily want my daddy to show me how to change the oil in the car. I want him to tell me the concept of why I changed the oil. If he can show me that the shavings of the engine go into the oil, which now go into the what, Wayne? Go into the oil, go into the tank. And every time I start my car, those metal shavings go through my engine and make it worse. If he tell me that, you ain't got to tell me change all. Because now you've shown me your serve the Lord with all your heart. Love your neighbor. Why am I doing this? Because if, if this ain't going to work out for me, why would I do it? So God, so God says to Moses, oh, okay, son, hold on. He said, I'll tell you what I'll do. I'm going to go with you. Every step of the way, and I'm going to show you not just what I want, but how I want it done. Moses said, good. Because I ain't going nowhere if you're not going. If you're telling me to open a car dealership, I ain't doing it unless you go with me and show me. If you're telling me a system's getting ready to fall into my hands... I'm not touching it until you show me not just what that system is, but how it works. Don't give me a scripper scrap or a stethoscope. I like that movie. Don't give me a stethoscope and a mask and a doctorate degree and put me in a hospital and I don't want to study this virus. I'm going to end up hurting somebody because I don't know how it works, what it wants. What it's doing to the human body. I want to understand the concepts of viruses. Pastor, what are you talking about? We're in church. Exactly. This is what the church is for. So watch this now. So Moses said, I got you where I want you now. Let me ask you the big ask. Show me your glory. <laughs> no, 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 Moses. We're close, but I can't can't show you all of me. There's not a man built that could take all of me. Can't let you see all of me. But I can show you now what I want. <laughs> let me put my hand over your face. You get in the rock. And I'm going to walk past you. And as soon as I'm past you, I will let my hand down and I'll let you see the end of what I want. He walks by Moses, puts his hand down. Moses sees the backside of God, and he's like, that's what you want. That's your concept. So that when Moses got to the mountain, he could tell them, 
You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood whom God has chosen for himself. Moses had never seen it, but he saw it and understood the concept. When you get this concept right, it changes everything. Am I making sense? Let me, let me hurry to this because I want you to see this. So God has a conceptual preset. Say preset. Say it again. What he wants was set before the Bible was written. If you don't understand this, you don't understand salvation. If you don't understand his preset, anybody had a hard-headed daddy, hard-headed mama, grandmama, somebody in your life that once they decided what was going to happen, this is getting ready to happen. <laughs> you can do what you want to do, do what you want to say, but this right here, this is getting ready to happen. This is God. It's a preset. And if you don't understand this, you don't understand salvation. Salvation, salvation is not for you. Oh, what was that last song y'all were doing? We need to do it again, I think. Uh, you don't get saved to change God into helping you do what you want. Let me get right with God so I can get these promises. God ain't made you no promises. Let, let, let me get my heart to the Lord so I can get my life right. You don't come to God to get your life right. Anybody understand this? Yes, that God came after you. Some of y'all were having a good time. Don't raise your hand. Some of y'all were having a good time. You were not ready to get saved at all. Come on. Be, no, don't raise your hand. You were having a good time. God came and got you, saved you. You're like, oh, I'm so happy. Then he started messing with you. He started shaking you, shaping you. You're like, I ain't asked for all this. I wasn't trying to do all this. You want me to go where to church? I just want to be right with you. Now you're in church. Now you're reading. Now you're lifting your hands and being kind to people. Now you're praying. Now you're up all night being harassed by the Holy Ghost you never met. Now you're speaking in tongues. Now you're walking into places like Moses, stuff you saw every day, but today it bothered you. You're like, what y'all doing over there? And you're like, why does that bother me? This kind of stuff never bothered me. I never thought about selling. I never thought about doing I never thought about medical stuff. I never thought about fixing cars. It's because God didn't save you for you. God saved you for him and for his kingdom. And as soon as he wrapped his hands around you, he started working on you. And it don't matter how often you tell God, I don't really want to do that. I don't want to move to the Midwest. I don't want to live in Omaha. Start a church, you have lost your cotton-picking mind. What is wrong with you? I'll find a pastor to help, but I'm not doing nothing. God be like, you, you, th you think you belong to you, don't you, sweetheart? You think you did this to yourself, don't you, sweetheart? You think it was you that saved you from that car accident you should have died in, that attempted suicide you survived, the time you never should have survived what you went through. God says that wasn't you. That was me standing there, protecting you because I had something for you to do for me. Tell somebody you better get this concept right. You got to be careful what road you go down, Ron, when you go down that road to get a wife. You got to be careful what road you go down when you go down there to get a husband. Because you might be going down there to pick up a man of God. You might be going down there to pick up a woman of God that has an assignment on their life. And God wants to do something with them he wants to do. You got to understand God's concept. God didn't give that man to you. That's God's man. God didn't give that woman to you. That's God's woman.
And God's saying, we're going to be fine as long as y'all work together. We're going to be fine because I put her with you because you need her. And I put him with you because you need him. Together, y'all can do some stuff you never did. Well, I don't like her. I ain't asked you to like her. I told you to love her. I told you to love her. I told you to love her. I told you. I don't know why I'm in this concept right now. I told you to love her. I told you to stay with her. I told you to stay with her and those kids. I told you to be faithful. I told you to go to work and come home. Love your wife and love your children. Let everybody know this is my wife. These are my kids. I don't want anybody to mistake that anywhere. And God says if you raise up a nation, I'll give you the neighborhood. If you raise up a neighborhood, I'll give you a city. If you raise up a city, I'll give you a state. It starts right there in your house. Somebody shout concepts. We never get the concepts right. Y'all can tell I'm going somewhere. We end up arguing over the wrong things. Y'all about to say, AWC, y'all know we didn't want to do no church. Y'all know the only reason we started is because God made us. He told us to raise up a people. Raise up a people he could trust. Raise up a people who are past the skin color. Raise up a people who can live above the politics. Raise up a people who can run business. Raise up a people who can go into politics. Raise up a people who can heal instead of fussing about the virus. Get somewhere for seven days and fast and get an answer. Raise up somebody who can start a school that'll answer our question in two weeks. Do we go back? How do we go back? How do we protect our people? That's why AWC is here. It's not here to play with you. Pastor Martin, do you know who's coming back? I said, coming back? What do you mean coming back? A lot of people aren't coming back to church. So I don't care. It's not my church. I do a bunch of other stuff. But it also doesn't matter. Because as long as I'm called to pastor this church, I'm going to keep raising up monsters. Well, no, no, they don't call them monsters in the Bible. They call them disciples. Hold on now. Just give me two minutes. Watch this. Let me give you a headache in a minute. Go. Give me the first verse. Psalm 19, 8. Come on. Read it, y'all. The precepts of the Lord are right. <laughs> what? What are right? Pre this is precepts of next verse. Read it. The Lord's love is and his watch this now go to the next one Psalm 11 111 7 the works of his hands are and all his next verse you have laid down precepts that are come on come with me next verse how I long for your precepts. Preserve my life in your righteousness. He didn't ask to have his life preserved. He said, if I'm in your precepts, I ain't got to pray to be no millionaire. <laughs> if I know your precepts, if I know not what you're doing, but why? I don't have to pray for healing all the time. 
I don't have to fight my enemies. I don't have to beg you or ask you for anything. I know the precepts. This is too much for me, Pastor. Hang on, sugar lump. What was I asked? Go to the next. The fear of the Lord is the... But all who... Next verse. It's a lot, I know. Hang in there. This has been my... What do I do? What we gonna do, y'all? What we gonna do, y'all? He says, I obey your precepts. This is my practice. When I don't know what to do, I look at every human being like a king. When I don't know what to say, and it don't matter what anyone's saying to me, I celebrate the king and queen in you. Because that's the, God is tired of giving powerful systems to hateful people. I had to text my wife and I said, please pray for me. This meeting scares me and I don't get scared. I said, just pray for me. She says, what's going on? I said, I don't know. I don't know what's going on in my own heart. I don't understand. She said, you'll be fine. I says, no, babe, I really need you to pray for me. She said, okay. She went to pray for me. When she got home, when I got home, she said, what was that all about? And I said, honey, I'm in this room. I'm in this room with these people and I keep hearing them call my name and they're calling out my organization and we're not talking, we're not talking millions of hundreds of millions of dollars, we're talking billions. We're talking infrastructure, we're talking medical and media and how all these conglomerates, you believe what you want, but there are people in your city that just love truth. I'm, 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 listen, I'm, I'm just telling y'all, you can't watch all this stuff. There are people in your city that love God. And they're in charge of systems. And now they're looking for the faith-based community. See, I don't understand the phrases. They're looking for someone who knows what to do with the systems they have. And I'm the only faith-based guy in the room. Why? Because I understand the concept. Watch this. Let's move on. Here's the misconception in 1 Samuel 13. Y'all okay? I know you got your mask on. I don't, I, I, just give me about 15 more minutes and I'll be done. I, 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 the mask would be difficult for me too. Okay. Watch this. Read this with me. This is God talking to Saul. Read. But, but now your kingdom will not endure. Why? The Lord sought out a man. What did, what did he look for? What was he looking for? What is a man's heart? His mind, his ideas, his concepts. Saul, you didn't work out. You had the wrong concepts. Your heart wasn't right. Saul was beautiful. He was about 6'4". Dark and handsome with, with dark hair. Beautiful man, broad shoulders, could fight, could take out any enemy, but his head was bad. Girl, let that man go to the gym. 
But at the end of the day, you bring them home to your daddy, let your daddy check his head out. I've appointed him leader of his people because you have not, you didn't keep my concept as a king. Now, let me freak you out. I'm not going to be in a hurry. I'm not going to be in a hurry. So here is this, let me give you this worst misconception. Go to 1 Samuel 8 for me. Thank you. Thank you, Ms. Tish. Go to 1 Samuel 8. Y'all Y'all good? I want you to see this. I want you to see this. Say concepts. See, what I want to do, I just prophesied to you that many of you are getting ready to get worlds. You may not even have the degree for them. Don't touch your neighbor, but if you could touch your neighbor, tell them to wake up, please. Tell them to stop feeling sorry for yourself. Tell them, tell them, stop feeling sorry for yourself. Tell them to get out of your head. Okay, let me mess you up right now. This is when they decided, and this is when they decided something that that wasn't good. So in 1 Samuel 8, let me paraphrase. 1 Samuel 8 and 1, uh, the the 8th verse, it says that Samuel was getting old. He had a couple boys. They named the boys, but neither one of the boys were good godly men. They lost the concept. So not one of his boys, not one of his boys, Kylan, Not one of his boys got the concept. So watch God. Uh, Go with me to the fourth verse. There you go. So they came. Read it. Then all the elders of Israel gathered together what they do. What they say. And they said to him, look, you're old and your sons don't walk in your, they don't have your concepts. Your boys don't think like you. Samuel, you kept your hands off the money. Your boys are taking all the money. You kept your hands off the single women. Your boys are doing stuff in the temple they shouldn't do. Samuel, Samuel, you pray. You fast. Your children don't even know how to fast. Samuel, you bring offerings to the Lord. Your children aren't able to do it. I cannot turn this nation over to your boys. Speak in tongues, baby. That's right. Miss President sitting over there. Listen to what they said. Look, you're old. Your sons do not walk in your ways. Read what they asked. Now make us. No, 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 no. Y'all read it. What did they tell him? What did they tell him? What's wrong with this? It's the wrong. They didn't say give us one. Josh is Mr. Analyx. He'll, he'll preach this in a way that we'll all need Excedrin. They knew he couldn't give them one. But would you, could you just duct tape something together, super glue it? I mean, uh, just, get, just make us one. We, I mean, just put something together for us. We, we, can't, we can't be kings over ourselves no more, Caleb. I can't be alone and judge myself. I can't be by myself and say, Martin, don't do that. I need somebody next to me to say, Martin, you know that's a sin, don't you? I can't get up and go to work because it's the right thing to do. I got to have a governmental agency make me go to work. Make me. Make us a king. Read what it said next. Samuel lost his cotton-picking mind. No, well, no, okay. But the thing, 
<laughs> no, he going to explain to you what displeased him. Okay, y'all, okay, okay, no. I got kids. Anybody got kids? Anybody ever talk about your kids in front of your face? Oh, no, no oh, some of y'all never? It's an, it's an amazing phenomenon. You turn from Christian to... Samuel not mad because he talked about his kids. Samuel not mad because he said, your boys is bad. What displeased him? Samuel says, uh, you got to watch what you stop eating. Some stuff add a lot of weight to you. So Samuel prayed to the Lord, got to go. And the Lord said to Samuel, heed the voice of the people, do what they say. And everything they say, just do it. Because I'm telling you, they're not rejecting you, they're rejecting my concept. But they have rejected me that I should not reign over them. Ninth verse, now therefore, if I don't get anywhere... Just let me get this one to you. Now, therefore, heed their voice. But I want you to warn them first. Christians don't understand what happens to your life when you make somebody your king. So he said, Sam, do what they say, but tell them what's getting ready to happen. Are you listening to the Bible? Read what it says is going to happen. Heed their voice, do whatever they say. Next verse. This is what the king's going to do. So Samuel told the words of the Lord to the people who asked him for a king. So he said, what did he say? He's going to take your and do what? To what? Keep going. He's going to take your sons and put your sons in his military. No, I ain't scared of you. I'm here to raise up a nation that understands the concept. He's going to take your sons for his own chariots. Gets worse. And to be his horsemen. Worse. And some will run before his chariots. Your sons aren't going to work for you. Your sons are going to work for this king. You're not going to build any family wealth if all of your children are working for somebody else. Next verse. No, I'm not going to start reading it. Going to point them to the 50s. I'm gonna, he's going to set some. You better. They're going to plow and reap. If your children ain't plowing your ground and ain't harvesting your ground and ain't putting it in your barns, where is your stuff? I just can't believe he's so radical. You ain't sent yourself nothing, sugar lump. And some to make... His weapons of war. And equipment for he will make. Now watch out. Hold on. Now father's in the room. Hold yourself. Because daddies get different when it comes to girls. 
Let, let, let me tell you what the king going to do with your girls. No, I ain't going to tell you. You read it. I'm not even going to look. He's going to take your best looking girls and legalize it. Hide it in the court systems. Protect them when they come before the Supreme Court. Millions of girls are missing from around the world. Don't fool yourself. All skin colors. You can't tell me there's not a system that's allowing it. And the church wants to fuss and decide on which person will be the best slave owner for us. It's the wrong concept. I'm going to take your daughters. Read it. And he will take This King Saul is not going to take your best and give it to himself. He's going to take the best for himself and give the other to the people who are his comrades. This is so uncomfortable. My job is to raise up a nation. I ain't leaving you. I'm, I'm tired of it. I'm not leaving you down there changing the tires. I'm done with it. I'm done with you pushing the paper. I'm done with you not being in the room where the real meeting's happening. Where the decisions are being made. You belong in the room where they're taking care of human beings. You belong in the room where the policies are being made. Because you understand the concepts of God. We need you in the room where people are getting ready to spend money because you won't take advantage of them. You need to be in the room where you're not judging them on who gets the loan. It's based on your credit. It's based on how you use your money. It's based on these numbers, not anything else. You need to be in the room. No, I ain't through. Where was I at? 15. Let me just finish this. He will take a of your grain and your and give it to his and he will take your male servants your and your and your and put them to He will take a tenth of your and you will become his and you will cry out that day because of your <laughs> Samuel says I ain't choosing him. If y'all want him, I'll give him to you. But I'm telling you what's getting ready to happen to your life. Ayay, yay. Aboso. In your spirit, you're getting free now. You were contemplating a few days ago, what are we going to do? What's next for us? What does it look like? How do we come out of this? Is there more that God wants for us? Yes, there's more that God wants for you. Your days of dreaming, your days of contemplation, your days of concepts, your days of opening your mind, your days of beginning to think about stuff that you've always wanted to happen but never thought would happen. Those days are coming back to you. The days of heaviness and brokenness when you couldn't stand it almost. It was hard for you to get up in the morning. Those days are going away. The days of refreshing are coming to you. 
The days of enlightenment and vision are beginning to open your eyes. The days of saying, that's the path we're taking and God's gonna bless our path. God has given you concepts that matches where he's going. Dead dreams are coming alive. Buried omens, prophecies, hunger, stuff that religion buried is now germinating again in your spirit. You're waking up in your mind and in your psyche. You're shaking yourself and you're trying to figure out what's going on with me. It's God coming after you. Why? Because if you don't have one thing, you have the concept right. Stand on your feet and I'll read this last one. Acts 13, 22. In about three minutes, I'm going to give you an opportunity to do something. What is that, Pastor? You need to get born again, again. You need to give your heart to God again. Because some of the stuff you're dreaming about, sugar, you've been working too hard. You don't work for what God has for you. You just prepare for it. Okay. <laughs> Here's God. Read it loud. After removing Saul, he made David their king. He testified concerning him. I have found David, son of Jesse, a man. David wasn't smart. He was short. He wasn't beautiful. He wasn't strong. He had one thing that God called him for. He understood God's concept. Hello everyone, Dr. Martin Williams of Ambassadors Worship Center. I wanna thank you for tuning in today to this amazing message. It's our hope that it wasn't just amazing and that you just learned something, but you learned enough and have enough inspiration to go into the world and be that kingdom citizen, especially that ambassador that you're called to be. Because this blessed you so much, I want to ask you to do something very important. Sow into this ministry. Give. I'm so excited that we're going to see you next week. So until then, God bless you.